Hey, hey, hey. You know, I, 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 I wonder sometimes why you folks come to 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 a church that I pastor. Um, you know, I. <laughs> you know, I. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I get to sleep in. Yeah. Um, but I, I, honestly, I have th- this study through Job. I have, <laughs> I have so thoroughly enjoyed it. And and one of my fears, and I don't know if this is a fear of every pastor, but it is definitely a fear of mine, is that I communicate to you what God has given to me. You, you know, I I don't, I'm not interested to to just stand up here and entertain you guys and and you know, I, I but. I, I have just so thoroughly enjoyed. I have learned so much about myself uh, in this study, and uh, I am, you know, and we're only in, in chapter eight, and uh, we have so much more to go. I am just really looking forward to it. As far as I can tell, and, and this is me, uh, you know, there are basically two ways of thinking. You have logical thinkers and you have emotional thinkers. And then you have people that are kind of in between, but for the most part, most people are logical and mo- and then uh, or they're either logical or, or emotional in their in their thinking. Logical thinkers have the ability to um, reason things in order. Does that make sense? Um, emotional thinkers um, tend to, or prone, they're prone to allowing their emotions to affect their thinking. Where, uh, and and I'm a very logical thinker. Uh, that that is that is how I think. I I uh, what I I think that's one of the reasons why uh, I like to do puzzles so much. Uh, because to me, puzzles are logic. Um, you, you know, there's, there's, there's no emotion in a puzzle. Well, I guess it, 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 in the picture. It, yes, yes. If you lose a piece, then there's emotion. Yes, yes. And, uh, <laughs> um, but for the most part, you know, puzzles are very logical. And to me, and again, this is just me, I, I one of the things that I do is is I look at building a house like doing a 3D puzzle. Y'all know what a 3D puzzle is? Okay. Uh, it's a it's a it's a puzzle. It's it's 3D. It's you know anyway. Um, <clears throat> but to me, you can you can give me a set of blueprints, and I can look at a set of blueprints, and I can envision exactly what that house is going to look like or building whatever i have that i have that ability because of the logic uh to me and so the way i think anybody can build a house now how many of you sitting out there say there ain't no way okay see though (laughs) okay but see, that's how God—that's how God made me. 
So understanding how you think should help you understand how to minister to other people. Does that make sense? Because, because I'm a logical thinker, guess who I have a short fuse with? Emotional thinkers, okay? But if I, have, if I understand, okay, wait a minute, Rick. Be, because I'm a logical thinker, I need to have patience with people who are not logical thinkers. See, and if I didn't recognize that, then I, I'd, I'd be in a world of hurt. Now, for, and, it, and the same goes for emotional thinkers, because emotional thinkers, <clears throat> everything has to revolve around your feelings. And if everything doesn't revolve around your feelings, then you have a meltdown, right? Okay? But if you understand and you, you say, wait a minute, okay, wait a minute, I am an emotional person thinker, I'm an emotional person, I need to have patience when things don't go my way. So understanding this should help. So I have something, I read this, I thought it was very logical, so I thought I'd read it to you. Here are some food safety tips from the New York Minor Institute. Nearly all sick people have eaten carrots. Obviously, the effects are cumulative. I have a hard time with that word. An estimated 99.9% of all people who died from cancer and heart disease disease have eaten carrots. 99.9% of people involved in car crashes ate carrots within 60 days of their accident. 99.9% of juvenile delinquents come home, excuse me, come from homes where carrots are served regularly. Among the people, (laughs) among the people born in 1839 who ate carrots, there has been a 100% mortality rate. So what is the logical conclusion? Don't eat carrots. (laughs) Now you carrot haters, you're welcome. (laughs) I I have a a list. Cass, do you have that list? Okay, this is a list that I found. Okay. This is a list of, okay, a, a, gro- a, a group of motion picture engineers classified the, this, this list as the 10 most dramatic sounds in the movies. Okay, I want you, let, let's read the list. First, you have uh, a baby's first cry. Not just a baby's cry, but the baby's first cry. The blast of a siren, the thunder of... Uh, breakers on the rocks, that's waves, okay? Uh, The roar of a forest fire, a foghorn, a slow drip of water, 
That describes some people I know. <laughs> nobody in this room. No, nobody in this room. <clears throat> uh, uh, the wedding march, a galloping horse, the sound of a distant train whistle, and the how, uh, yeah, the howl of a dog. Now. Well, at any time, yeah, especially at midnight. Okay, now they, they, now one of these sounds cause more emotional response and, and upheaval than any other. It has the power to bring forth almost every human emotion. Sadness, envy, regret, sorrow, tears, as well as surprise and joy. Which one is it? Okay, Ra- raise your hand. So we, I, so foghorn. Okay, baby's cry. That that's the one I would have guessed, and I'd have been wrong. Slow drip of water. No. The wedding march. The wedding march. <laughs> Our emotions play an important part of who we are. And one of the problems of people like me is we disconnect a lot of our emotions. Does that, does that make sense? Ultimately, it should be the goal of every born-again believer to have balance in our lives. And my wife is 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 incredible uh, of helping me understand emotions. Because, like I said, I I I have the ability to disconnect from emotions in, in a lot of areas in my life, and my wife is just a tremendous reminder to me of, okay, Rick, you need to take it down a notch. I remember when our kids were little. And one of them would 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 backtalk her. Now most of the time, <clears throat> you know, when the kids did things, I was okay. But when they backtalked their mom, I I almost come unglued. I, I that's just one thing you did not do in in our house. And, and I, I used to tell them, I said, not only are you disrespecting your mom, you're disrespecting my wife, but you're disrespecting my friend. And nobody does that. And, and my wife, uh, on a few occasions, would have, have to get between me and the kids because you just don't do that. See, that's how, that's how, that's how I think. And, then, and, and praise the Lord for a wife who understand, understood me and, and saved the life of my children. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good timing. Um, the title of my message is this, the, the cruelty of logic, the cruelty of logic. We're, we're ta- we're going to be talking about a guy named Bildad tonight. Bildad is the second of Job's friends to engage with him in conversation. And Bildad is the epitome of, of a logical thinker. 
he obviously did not have a wife that tempered him. And so this guy, being the logical thinker that he that he that he that he was, today we would say he had no filter. What 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 does that mean when when we say somebody has no filter? Huh? President Trump, yes. <clears throat> okay, when you know something pops in, boom, man, it's uh, and then the next thing you know, you've said something, and more than likely you regret it. Yes, wishing you could re- reel it back in. But that is somebody, and this is Bildad. Bildad, <clears throat> Bildad is a very logical thinker. Let's let's look at chapter eight, verses one and two. Then answered Bildad the Shuhite, and said. How long will will thou speak these things? How long shall thy shall the words of thy mouth uh, be like a strong wind? Now, I'm not the best counselor in the world. Okay, uh, some of you in the past have come to me for counseling, and I do the best I can to help you and to guide you and point you in the in the direction of Scripture. <clears throat> But, but can you imagine a counselor saying what he just said to Job? <laughs> I mean, he just, I mean, there's no filter there. He just, he just let loose on, on Job. I cannot imagine one of you coming to me and saying, Pastor, I need to talk to you. Oh, just shut up. You're full of hot air. I mean, what, what would you think if I said that? <laughs> in, the, in, 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 in the first several verses of chapter 8, Job, uh, uh, Bildad attacks Job. He, he attacks Job's remarks. He attacks his faith. He attacks his children. And he attacks Job's character. I, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, this is a friend. <clears throat> not not the best way to win friends and influence people. Now, it, it, just in case you haven't figured it out, if you ever get in a situation where somebody comes to you for help, that's not how you do it, okay? J- just saying Hopefully you know that. But Bildad is going to build a case here against Job. And he's going to do it with three different arguments. The first argument is what I call his image of God. He is going to build a case against Job based on his own image of God. Let's look at verses 3 through 7. Doth God pervert judgment, or doth the Almighty pervert justice? If thy children have sinned against him, and and he hath cast them away for their uh, transgressions, if thou wouldst seek unto God uh, uh, betimes, and make thy supplication to the Almighty... If thou wert pure and upright, surely now he would awake 
uh, for thee and make uh, the habitation of thy righteousness uh, prosperous. Though thy beginnings were small, yet thy, thy latter end should be greatly increased. Here, Bildad is demonstrating that he has a wrong view of who God is. Now, let, let me ask you a question. Is God just? Absolutely he is. Is God holy? Okay. And because he's holy, he has to be just. Okay. The, the, two, the two have to go together. So, let me ask you another question. Did God demonstrate his judgment and his holiness at the flood? Absolutely he did. Did he demonstrate his justice and his holiness at Sodom and Gomorrah? Absolutely. <clears throat> what about the Tower of Babel or the, or the exodus out of Egypt, the, the ten plagues? Was that not God's just justice and holiness on full display for the world to see? We have many demonstrations in Scripture of God showing His justice and His holiness to mankind. But... Is that all God is? is? Is God only holy and just? No. He's much more than that. God is, God is far more than just being holy and just. And I, I want us to see something here that's really important because when we only look at God through the binoculars of holy and just, we will, all, we will see a God who is mean and hateful to mankind, will we not? See, and that is, that is how Bildad sees God. There is no love, there is no tenderness in, in, in Bildad's uh, uh, estimation of who God is. But when we look through the lens of logic at God, we will see a God who is only just and holy. And that is exactly the mistake that Bildad made. He saw God through the lens of logic. So logic would say, if judgment is happening in a person's life, then there has to be sin in their life. Does that make sense? Logic says that because God is holy and he's just, that if a person is going through a hard time, logic says there has to be a reason and that reason has to be sin. Do you, do you see it? 
Exactly, exactly. And we're going to get there. Okay, we're getting there. <laughs> Don't get ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, you're being too logical, Jim. <laughs> First John chapter 1, verse 5. This then is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, we see here that God is light. And, and what does that light reveal? That light oftentimes reveals sin in our lives, does it not? And it says God is light. So that means God is going to reveal sin in our lives. Now, does God ever judge sin in our lives? Absolutely, he does. But just as much as God is holy and just, he is loving and kind. First John chapter 4, verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So, does that mean that God is so loving and kind that he will not judge me and I can do what I want? <laughs> okay, so, so, <clears throat> so th this, is, this is basically what we have here. What we have here is a pendulum. And we talked about this, I think we talked about it last week or week before, anyway. We have the pendulum. And over here, we have Bildad, the pendulum swing is over here, where he sees everything through the eyes of logic, and God is just and holy, and that's all he is. And then the, the pendulum swing over here is that God is loving and kind, and that's all he is. And God would never do anything to hurt anybody, let alone send them to hell for their sin. God would never do that. What's the problem with the pendulum? It's out of balance. And any time we are out of balance, we are going to get a skewed view of who God is. We're either going to live over here with Bildad, or we're going to live over here with the, 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 the feel-good touchy feelies. I won't name any names. <clears throat> but where does God want us? God wants us in the middle. Because God is all these things. Now, think about this. <clears throat> when, what one event in history demonstrated all of the attributes of God. Now, I'm only talking about four attributes of God tonight. There's many, many more. But for tonight, we're just talking about the four. What event in history demonstrated... I lost it. Uh, the, um, yeah, the four attributes. What are these two? Uh, just and holy. <clears throat> And love and kindness. What one event demonstrated all four of those? Brandon? The cross. See, it was love and kindness that drove Christ to the cross. 
It was justice and holiness that nailed him to the cross. See, it's all of it. Romans chapter 3, verses 24 to 26. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath for, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that God uh, sent forth to be the propitiation or the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb through faith in his blood <clears throat> to declare his righteousness for the remissions of sin that are past through the forbearance of God to declare, I say, that this time he is righteous, that he might be just and justifier. You see it? Christ fulfilled it all. For him which believes, believeth in Jesus. In a nutshell, Bildad's philosophy is very, very simple. And unfortunately, many Christians today carry this same philosophy. And that philosophy is this. Get right with God or suffer the consequences. There's no in-between. And that is exactly what he is telling Job. Now, before I go any further, do we need to get right with God? If we have known sin in our lives, we need to deal with it. Period. Cut and dry. That, that, that's, that, there's no bones about it. <clears throat> but Bildad is accusing, accusing Job of having sin in his life when he basically sticks his finger in his face and says, you need to get right with God. What is the danger in that? That makes us the judge. And I, I don't know about you, but God has not appointed me judge. At least the last time I checked. That's not my job. Number two. He had, uh, the, the, his image of God was wrong. And number two, this is, a, this is something that many people struggle with. He, 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 his living in the past. His living in the past. Look at verse 8. For iniquity, I pray thee, of the former age, and prepare thyself to search of their fathers. For we are but yesterday and, no, and know nothing because our days upon earth are a shadow. Shall not they teach thee and tell thee and utter words out of their hearts? Well, basically what Bildad is saying here is, hey, if, if, if you don't listen to the old men, then you're wrong. Now, you have to, I, I don't know if you remember or not, when we, a few weeks, well, it's been a while ago now, actually, <clears throat> I gave you uh, Bildad's uh, real name, okay? It's Bildad, but it, it means Hey Dad. Anybody remember that? Do, do you remember what Hey Dad means? Huh? 
Uh, it means to shout. Now, 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 as we have read some of his words, can you not picture him kind of not being too kind and probably uh, elevating his octave level a little bit here? I, I don't know. I, I can see it. Bildad is on a mission to convince Job that he is wrong. I have a question for you. Can we learn from the past? Absolutely, we can learn from the past. In fact, wait, this is a quote. <clears throat> I had it in my notes, but somebody quoted it yesterday morning at the Bible study. Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. History is important. I love history. Uh, it is. It. I just. I just finished watching a documentary on Washington. I don't know if you guys saw it on the History Channel. Uh, it was. It was awesome. I loved it. <clears throat> Learned a lot about our founding father, uh, George Washington. Anyway, that's beside the point. We can definitely learn from the past, but should we live in the past? No. There you go. See, and and oftentimes, and again, I, I can only tell you what people tell me. I can't tell you how many times I've had people tell me, but Pastor, you don't know what's happened to me in the past. And, and you know, my response typically is something like, you know what, I, I don't know. But I do know you need to move forward. There you go. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forth unto the, those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God uh, 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 in Christ Jesus. You know that the past, if we live in the past, the past will act as an anchor that will pull us down and prevent us from being able to move forward. I, I was reading uh, several books, and I, I, one of the theologians I was reading uh, talked about the fact that the past should act as a rudder in our life, not as an anchor. And, and I liked that illustration because the, the rudder is the, is the thing that guides a ship. And and if you if you if you understand and learn from the past, it it, it becomes that rudder that kind of guides us through life. So hopefully, not to make the, some of the same mistakes again and again. But if we live in the past, that past becomes an anchor, and and we are going nowhere. And one of Bildad's problems was, even though he himself was an old man, he was too tied up in the past. See, all of the advice that he's trying to give <clears throat> Job here is from the old men, the gray heads. And, and <clears throat> you know, basically what he's saying is, hey, if they, haven't, if they haven't said it, it's not worth listening to. Well, I'm sorry to tell you this, but there are some young men in our church that have God has blessed with some great wisdom. 
Not many of you, but there's a couple. <laughs> but you know what I mean. We can't live in the past. We need to be looking forward. And Bildad was stuck in the past. We need to learn wisdom from the past. But we need to be constantly moving forward. The other extreme swing of the pendulum is, hey, if I live in the past, then I can have all this wisdom to myself. The, the, opposite, ooh, the opposite swing of that pendulum is, ah, just do what you want. Nothing really matters. You can just live the way you want to live. That's not, that's not how God wants us to live. God wants us to use the past as a, as a, as a rudder in our lives to, to guide us through our lives. And then number three, and I think the most important of all three of the aspects is he misunderstood cause and effect. Cause and effect, and, and I, I looked this up, I got the definition because I wanted to make sure I got it right. <clears throat> a cause and effect is the principle of, and, and I had this is one of these words I have a hard time saying, cause, causality, uh, is that right? Did I say it right? Causality? Basically what it means is establishing one event or action as a direct result of another. Okay, how many of you remember studying cause and effect in school? Okay, I, to me, I have a picture here. Uh, this, to me, is the perfect example of cause and effect. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> there you go. This is the perfect example of cause and effect. I had one of these things as a kid. And I'm telling you, when you're a kid like me, that's therapy. Okay? I could sit for hours. Rick, what are you doing? I'm having fun. Okay? Okay? Hey, I love these things. I wish I still had one. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, but, but seriously, what happens... When you drop the ball, okay, okay, it sends one out the other side, right? Okay, and then it comes back and it sends it out the other way. Now, what happens if you drop two? It sends two. What happens if you drop three? It is like therapy, I'm telling you. <clears throat> it, is, it is like, oh. There's peace in the world. Yeah, <laughs> click, 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 click. <clears throat> Wait, hey, another another kick back to the '70s was the lava lamp. Oh man, just oh, you could sit for hours and watch those things. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so cause and effect. So what? Okay, <clears throat> cause. When something impacts 
something and causes it to do something. Is it, okay, that's cause and effect. What Bildad does here in the, the, the remaining of the chapter is he gives Job three examples <clears throat> so that Job can understand his problem. Again, Bildad is doing everything he can to convince Job that he's got sin in his life. The first one he uses is a plant. Look at verse 11. <clears throat> can the rush grow without mire? Can the, can the flag or a reed grow without water? So what is the first cause and effect that Bildad is trying to convince Job of. If you don't water a plant, guess what? It's going to die. The cause and effect. So he tells, he tells Job, hey, look, if you don't water a plant, it's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then he goes on. To the second one, and he uses a spider web to further illustrate his point. Look at verse 14. Whose hope shall be cut off and whose trust shall be a spider's web. He shall lean upon his house, but it shall not stand. He shall hold it fast, but it shall not endure. So in other words, what he says to Job is he says, look, he says, <clears throat> if you lean on a spider's web, it's going to break. Cause and effect. <clears throat> now, well, let, let, me, let me go ahead and give you the third one and then, that, then I can talk a little bit more. <clears throat> the third one, he uses another plant. In verses uh, 16 and 17. He is green before the sun, and his branches shooteth forth in the garden, and his roots are wrapped about uh, the hemp, and, and seeth the place of stones. So in other words, what he's saying here is <clears throat> that if there is something wrong with a plant's root system, what's going to happen? It's going to die. It, it can't. It, a plant cannot grow in stones. What happens in the in the New Testament? We're given an illustration of the of the seed that 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 falls on the stony ground. What happens? Okay, it it, it shoots up, but then it, it, what happens? As soon as the sun comes up, it withers and dies. Cause and effect. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, I need to get a drink. <clears throat> Last week, <clears throat> I was coming in, coming into town on Highway 50, and I was about where uh, Fox Peak, the gas station is out there, kind of, you know, halfway between my house and the traffic circle. <clears throat> and 
I saw a coyote laying in, in the median. Okay? So what do you think the conclusion I came to was? Okay? Somebody ran it, ran it over and it died. So we could say that that was cause and effect, right? You, you, get, you get hit by a car, and if you don't die, you're going to be really sore. Okay? That's cause and effect. <clears throat> but let me ask you, is that what happened? We don't know. Is it possible that that coyote had been out in the desert and had come across the railroad tracks and actually a train hit it and it limped itself and then died in the highway? Because the, the railroad track's not that far away. Is it possible that, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe he got out there and and he saw a big truck coming and he just went <gasps> and died right there. Had a heart attack right there, right in the middle of the highway. Is that possible? See, the problem is, and the problem that Bildad is making is he thinks that he knows the cause. He's seeing the effect in Job's life. Just as I drew the conclusion that somebody whacked that poor coyote. Well, I guess there's no such thing as a poor coyote. <clears throat> They're all guilty. <clears throat> if you have chickens, you hate coyotes. <clears throat> but do you see the problem that Bildad is, is doing here? Number one, he has a false idea of who God is. He's living in the past, and now he's drawing conclusions that he has no business drawing. Just as I, just as I assumed, excuse me, that that coyote got hit by a car, what do you think, it, is it any different for me to see you going through a hard time in your life and then coming to you and saying, hey, you need to get right with God. Because I'm here to tell you, Bildad thought he knew the cause. Just because he was, he was able to visibly and physically touch, feel, and see the effect, he thought he knew the cause. But he didn't. See, he thought it was a, 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 a holy, just God throwing down judgment when in reality it was a loving, kind God trying to help grow Job's faith. Do you see the problem? And way too often, way too often, we do the exact same thing. We pass judgment on people. We assume that we know what people are going through. Recently, not too, well, I shouldn't say recently. It's been a little while ago. 
my wife and I were given some information, and, and through the information that we had, we drew a conclusion. Now, how many of you have ever done that? And we weren't even close. Why? See, we could see the effect, but we did not know the cause. And Bildad was making a critical error here. A critical error that each and every one of us do ourselves. And that is pass judgment on other people. Let's look at verse 20. Behold, God will not cast away a perfect man, neither will he help the evildoer till he fill your mouth with laughter and with lips with rejoicing. They that hate thee shall be clothed with shame and dwell in the places of the wicked shall come to naught. Bildad assumed that the cause was sin. And his recommendation to Job was, get right with him. Because if, if you will get right with him, God will give you back everything that you deserve. God would do... See, Bildad lived in a world that said, God would not do that to you unless you deserved the punishment. Now think about this for a second. Did God love Job? Absolutely. Did God want what's best for Job? Absolutely he did. Did God do in Job's life what was best for Job? Absolutely he did. So we can honestly say, because, because we know the story, we can honestly say that the cause... The cause and the effect, the cause was love. Now let me ask you this. Does God love you? Absolutely he does. Does God want what's best for your life? Absolutely. And will God do what is best for your life? See, so when you're in the thick of it. When you're, when you're in those times of struggles, number one, check, check and make sure there is no sin in your life, for one. But then we have the ability to look back and say, you know what? God's in control. See, the cause was love. Not any kind of hatred or, 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 or anger at Job. The cause was love. The effect was his physical situation. So let me close with this. We do not serve a mean, heavy-handed God. That's not who God is. But that's who Bildad thought God was. We cannot live in the past and allow it to drag us down. 
We need to be moving forward. We need to be people that have a desire to live for God. And we must always balance logic and love. We've got to. And some of you in this room are like me and we, we live on the side of logic and, and it's hard when, you, you know, I have, a, I have a saying and I usually say it at the TV. I hate stupid people. I just hate stupid people. <laughs> My wife, she, anyway. <clears throat> but that's the logic in me. But in reality, did not Christ die for all people? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives.